everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hold My Bread. I'm Matt Backus, here with your host, Joel Walkowski. Joel. What is up, breadheads? Gather round. Let us join the gluten gang. It is time. It is time to carbo-load. Welcome to Hold My Bread, the $1,154.64 podcast. Maddie, how we doing? I'm doing okay. It's been a weird couple days. I had a weird uh, day today. It rained all morning, and then it was nice uh, uh, just for a small amount of time. So I got a quick bike ride in, and uh, now I'm here. So I'm okay. How are you doing today? I am doing great. I am living my best life. I think I had the best quarantine of anyone alive um, I would argue you maybe had a better quarantine if you died of coronavirus and didn't have to live through the 2020 election. If that happened to you, I am genuinely jealous, but I am living <laughs> my best life out here in Sedona, Arizona. But I got problems. Yesterday, I was sore from too much exercise and could only play basketball for 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that court you're playing on? That's insane. It's a court. It is on top of a mountain. It's made of softer green concrete, and it's always filled with characters. If I go there in the morning, there's old people playing pickleball, which, do you know pickleball? I had never heard of that. I had neither. It's an old person ver- variety of tennis. They hit a wiffle ball over a little net on a basketball court. All right. That sounds like uh, it was made up during the Great Depression when there were no tennis balls. Yeah, and you needed to pickle things to make them last. Yeah, that's how you know it's old because it's got the word pickle in it. Nothing pickled is is young. Yeah, it's a sport that you are, you're pickled, you're, you're fermented, goes older. So when you are fermented as a human being and on death's door, you play pickleball, of course. <laughs> I think I saw, I think I saw a... Uh, in, an ambitious pedophile at that basketball court. There was a guy playing in uh, khakis, a golf short in Tevis. And when I see another player there, you know, I always ask around, hey, where can I find some good run around here? And he didn't know the term pickup. Huh. Highly How- suspicious. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He was, he, he was wearing Tevis. He might have just been a, a dork. He might have been a dork, but then he said some kids were there before before I arrived, and he said, yeah, they were all between 11 and 13 years old. And the fact that he had specific ages for those kids, it set up a red flag for me. Yeah, that's not something you want to be good at. You don't want your skill to be, I can uh, guess how old kids are. <laughs> yeah, I can tell when anyone is 18. Oh, cool talent, brother. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's pretty great. Do you close your eyes and rub your temple when you think about it, you freak? Yeah, so, and then some more kids showed up and he got out of there real quick. So I am I am keeping a watchful eye out on uh, Scott. That's the yeah. name he told me. I'm suspicious of Scott out here in the desert, but otherwise doing well. Last week we invented our, we reinvented our whole stock portfolio. We are hanging tough. My picks of Zynga are up. My other stocks are maybe not. It's hard to tell. My girlfriend took my phone to go on a FaceTime. So, you know, it's hard to view on the, 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 the desktop app. We had a good episode last week. I really did have a fun time. And uh, we had somebody, what was it? Uh, Josh just tweeting at us about uh, 
how many times I said uh, Moneybag's real name. I couldn't remember if we were supposed to, and then I did it, and I didn't. I, I couldn't remember. Yeah, and I, I think I only did one time, and we also had a, a lot of people liked what we did last week. We had listeners coming in and saying, like, yo, I, I liked your, your thought process on the investments. Would you come out here and manage my money? And we, yeah, that's surprising to me. Uh, it's a comic as well. And like we we had an episode of what we were going to do today planned. Like a listener, they told us, I got this stimulus. I have $1,000. Will you invest this money for me? And we we're happy to do it. I love that shit. But um, now is not the time. We know how coronavirus has impacted our pocketbooks. And like just on a person-to-person level, we are all stretched pretty thin right now. And I don't think Wall Street has been stretched as much as it's actually stretched. I look at the Dow. I see it's in the 23,000 range. The the economy is like so unhealthy, but Wall Street doesn't mirror it to an acceptable degree in my book. I agree. I don't think it's caught up to what is, uh, I mean, you can, you know, there's always further down to go and I don't think that it is fully, there's going to be a rubber band effect sort of thing where once uh, you have all these places that are reopening, I feel like it's just, you know, people are saying they want to reopen the economy because it's, you know, not doing well, but I feel like the repercussions of reopening and then having to close again are going to be, it's going to be like a one, two punch. I don't think it's going to, you know, it's not going to be good. So now is not the time at all. Yeah, and if you look at other recessions of this, the the charts of the the total stock market index, it's not just one drop; it's several jagged steps over a series of time. There are periods so similar to this last two months where you experience a precipitous drop off in value, and then things steadily climb up, and then they go back down again. And we are headed that way. Um, if you believe there will be another wave of coronavirus. Don't invest now. If you believe the American people aren't strong enough to handle a minimal sacrifice, like who cares that we can't eat nachos and go to the movies? Don't invest now. The overall market will go lower. So if you have ambitions to invest, if you are flush on this unemployment, Wait for when you think things will be the absolute worst, and then you will open the mark, enter the marketplace, do some friggin' index guards, Vanguard VTI, baby. Twitter's still a great stock, and hey, VIX reverse volatility index. There's gonna be it's gonna be worth a lot of money at a different time in history. So hold off, we will do that episode, but not now, Chachi. Yeah, I texted him and told him that. I said, you know, open up. Pure. I told him I was like, get signed up for your, you know, for your where you want to have your portfolio, but uh, we're not going to do it for a bit because it's too, it's too bad, too much. We're doing him a favor by not doing it now. Yeah, don't um, financial news. When you start to see headlines about bankers jumping off the roofs of their penthouses, that is the time to invest. <laughs> exactly, invest in uh, concrete because there's going to be a lot of cracks in it. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, if, um, if Bernie Sanders and his supporters commit a coup at the Democratic National Convention and they oust Biden from the ticket with a wave of violence, they imprison bankers and screech our economy to a halt, 
while we're imprisoned for capitalist sins, that is a good time to invest. Exactly. And honestly, I know that sounds far-fetched. We're probably not too far off from that. So uh, if you heard that and you got a little concerned, like, oh, I'll never be able to invest, just give it a few months. Yeah, the party's over, but the bounce house is still deflating. <laughs> Damn, Joel, that is, that is, you could put that on a t-shirt. That's great. Yeah, it will I've never heard bad. that before. We, we're just in purgatory. Every day, it's just... The, it's exhaustingly the same, you know, Matt, tell, tell, walk us through your day-to-day life. Well, uh, I wake up, I make coffee, I eat breakfast, I check my email, I check Twitter, and then I kind of just float the rest of the day, so maybe smoke some weed. It depends on what I'm going to do. Am I going to smoke weed early? Am I going to smoke weed later? Uh, I'll go up, take a basketball, uh, shake a, maybe take a ba- bike ride, watch a movie, that's about it. Every day, though. I mean, that sounds like somebody's perfect day, but for me, it's very long. It's it's adding up. Every day is is the same. It's I'm riding further and further on my bike, which is nice, but uh, it's not. Things are not well. So yeah, it does seem like a positive. Like I remember in Avatar, there was that montage of the guy becoming a Navi person, and he said, "I go farther every day," and it, it was really beautiful. So you are adjusting to Navi. You're becoming a full Navi person in this quarantine. And every, every day is the same because we get a new Elon Musk headline. How many headlines does this guy have to be in? <laughs> I, I know this is like an Elon Musk podcast at this point. We haven't had an episode without uh, bringing him up. That's another drinking game you could play with us. If we, uh, every time we mention Elon on the podcast, you have to take a drink. But seriously, um, it's exhausting. In the last three days, he made three different headlines. Everyone knows about him doing the Twitter hissy fit, illegally reopening his plant in California. And then, oh, today he's mad at California. He's threatening to take out jobs. He's mad at California. He's going to put all his houses for sale. This comes a week after he's talking, naming his kid, talking about selling all his possessions. It's ridiculous. He won though. He won. They opened up their, they either opened it or they're going to open up his factory. His, cause he had a point, um, Ford and all these other car companies were open. Tesla was the only one that was forced to close. Yeah. But Tesla's also the one that's like the only one that's openly flouting the federal government talking shit about a nationwide initiative that we all have to buy into. And they're based in a more populous state than the other automakers. Very true. That is very true. But hey, even, even today it's gone. He's he made a lot. He made great progress on his transit system in Las Vegas. There should be a high speed rail system that he's heavily involved with. And like the headlines today, they spoke to me. It says Elon Musk, a boring success. I couldn't agree more. Well, I will be honest. I mean, as much of a fan of his as I am, uh, I did listen to him on the Joe Rogan podcast and he is very much like his voice is very monotone. He's not fun to listen to. So if you get, if you think just, you know, he is boring as a person or whatever, just listen to him talk and you're going to be bored out of your mind. Yeah. 100%. On on the Joe Rogan podcast, Elon Musk said he was born with a genetic mutation. And, you know, I agree. I think he lacks whatever mutation we have that give us self-awareness. 
Hey, some people are, are just not born. I know a lot of people that don't have that. So it's like one of the most boring X-Men, but it's out there. Yeah. And like, of course, you know, it's not, he's a brilliant guy. He's a great investor, but he, it's not like he founded Tesla. He was an investor who pushed out the inventor because he didn't like his price points. Like him manipulating our PR system and the public health sector, just like a lot of billionaires now, it's really problematic to me. I don't see a lot of altruism from our leaders at any level. And it's leading to an increase in cynicism and push-ups in my life. <laughs> hey, push-ups, you can never do too many push-ups. Yeah, you know, like, I'll watch that movie Taxi Driver and think like, oh, that movie, it's about Robert De Niro getting jacked. Uh, yeah, hey, I, that's like a prison workout. That's the workout I'm doing. I have two barbells, I have a pull-up bar, and it's all push-ups, pull-ups, and sit-ups for me. Yeah, that, that's how you really get in shape. Body weight. I've been, I will recommend uh, online Pilates on the Gym Rock account. They got some body weight exercises. Between doing them, intermittent fasting, I'm down 20, 20 pounds this quarantine. So I'm all about the self-improvement. And like, I ain't putting my life on hold, dog. I'm a li- I got a little musk in me. My dog's digging, so I like I do have a boring operation here next to me. So <laughs> truly, that, this is my Las Vegas. My little corgi getting dirt all over this place. Tilly, stop that! I can't hear it, so it's okay. She's doing uh, no. She's just been in a lot of trouble. She's it's a huge property I'm on, and she runs away every time I turn my back. It's infuriating, and like I know there are eight things in a square mile that can kill her. There's the right. river. There's rattlesnakes, there's scorpions, there's bears, there's cougars, there's javelinas, and uh, I think that's a coyote. Yeah, oh, coyote. That's probably the biggest threat right there. Yeah, a coyote, uh, a fat little sausage like Tilly, a coyote would make a meal. Yeah, they would link up for a meal. (laughs) Anyway, I'm trying, I got distracted by my dog being cute, being annoying, but I'm trying to better myself. So I've decided I'm going back to school. I am getting an MBA online or otherwise, but this isn't coming without a pretty annoying case of blue balls. Yeah, what's the problem? Because you told me, you texted me and said that was your plan, but then before we started recording, you said there's some news. Well, I was talking to the University in Northern Arizona, the Lumberjacks, a rather podunk institution for someone who attended the University of Southern California hosts a finance podcast, runs my own business, and does stocks as a friggin' hobby. Not to mention I make content for a living, like professional background. Right. This lady in the admissions office, she's chatting me up. So it's all about, I never took any math classes, but I use math and it's like, you can test out of the math classes. You can take the math classes at the same time. We want you as a student, Joel. You can be a graduate assistant. We'll pay your tuition. You'll get a stipend. And that all sounds great to me. Right. A little too good to be true. So I get all these ducks in a row. I bust my ass applying to this school. And then they come back and say, oh, you don't have the math classes. You can't do it. What? I appeal. I say, what about testing out? And they say, we don't think you have the ability to test out. It's like, I have nothing but time. And I'm like, okay, if you're not going to let me test out these math classes, please let me know the quickest way I can get these credits and go to your school. And they stopped responding. They've totally ghosted me this entire university after promising me the world. 
Wow. That's, uh, what with the lumberjacks, uh, that that's, I mean, that's not what I expect out of a lumberjack, you know? Yeah. And I mean, Northern Arizona university, what is Northern Arizona university? Like, I don't, I'm not the type of guy who's proud to have a, a geographic direction before my institution's name. <laughs> I don't have that kind of respect for directional higher learning. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. How do they know that you can't, how would they know that you, they, like what makes them think that you can't do the math? Well, I mean, there's calculus, there's pre-calculus and it's a couple of courses and it's like, Sure, but I have I have two and a half months to t- test out of these classes. I had already started a curriculum and hired a tutor because they told me I could do it. And now they're like, nah. Well, that's crazy. All right, so what's your next step? Are you going to just... I, I am going to get an MBA. It is going to have a focus on accounting and finance, and I'm going to do it completely online. I'm looking for a school at the best price point of value and quality. So I have five schools I'm going to apply to. I'm going to spend a lot of money on the application, spend a lot of time, but then I'm going to put those offers against each other. Meanwhile, if I do it all online, I don't have to disrupt my life. I can go back to New York and work. You should find out who the uh, Lumberjacks rival school is and go there. I mean, they don't have a, like none of these schools have directions in them. (laughs) i mean northern arizona i guess they rival southern arizona so they're going against mexico in my book yeah yeah go to mexico get your mba in mexico that's what james taylor recorded that song about it (laughs) oh mexico get my graduate degree i'll grow as a person and professional by the sea this song isn't good to me matt well, hates you, it when i sing on the podcast no i don't i actually enjoyed that they're gonna i was just nervous because they're gonna take us down they're gonna think james taylor's on the podcast they're gonna they're gonna we're gonna get a strike against us my my, my girl loves james taylor I, I don't know i don't know shit about james taylor i, I know cat stevens is better I know. Are Harry they together? Nelson. What do they have to do they together? The, I mean, I like a lot of 70s singer-songwriters, and I think James Taylor is the J.C. Penny of the bunch. It's commercial, but it's no real taste. Hey, okay. I like that. I, yeah, I don't know anything to dispute that, so I'm going to agree with you. Um, well, that's insane. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, you're trying to better yourself out here, and they won't let you do it. Uh, yeah, maybe want- they'll... Co- Maybe they'll come back and they'll, they'll, they'll come begging for you and you can say, no, thank you. Yeah, I just dream of the day where I won't have to work on the back of a truck anymore. That is, and that is honestly, that is an American, that's the American dream still. People say it's dead, it's just changed. The yeah, dream man. is to not work on the back of a truck anymore and to have a dog. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm a blue collar guy working with a knee surgery Give him working hard to give my girl a ring I can't afford. Taking classes and learning finance. Where's my Bruce Springsteen song? That's exactly it. You got to be the Bruce Springsteen of the West. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I, I do <laughs> one. Start wearing a bandana. I do one <laughs> thing that I think Bruce Springsteen would really appreciate. Every day when I play basketball. I do it shirtless and in jean shorts. Yeah, that's exactly how he would play. No. You just got to wear a red bandana. 
I don't, yeah, maybe I, but you can't really wear a bandana as a bald guy. Can you? It's like, I'm not, what am I hiding? You can, you can like do the, I don't wear bandanas, but can't, you can do it. Uh, it's people that's, it's like a sweat, uh, it's like a sweatband around your head. That's all you got to do. I don't know. A, a bandana as a bald guy. It's kind of like when you dye Easter eggs and you put a sticker around the side, like yeah. not fooling yeah, anyone. That, your tan line wouldn't be great. Yeah. Um, so, well, what else do, what else is going on? Uh, you, the NBA is on hold for now, but you haven't given up. You're just on hold. No, um, I mean, I was excited about- enough where I've decided like, no matter what happens, that's what I'm going to do. I think it's great. I don't think there's anything, any reason you can't do it. Yeah. And, and like uh, an NBA, I'm, I'm surprised. It, it, I, it's worth spending $30,000 on in my situation. And I feel like it is just the secret handshake to become an evil white guy. Yeah. It's one step closer to uh, shaking the big hand. If you know what I mean, I don't even know what I mean, but you get it. Yeah. I mean, I go to a golf course. I tell someone I have an MBA. Next thing I know I'm making money, closing orphanages. That's that's actually that's what you should do. Wait when when everything starts to open up, just start hanging around at golf courses. Um, that's where a lot of business happens. You know that. I mean, I have not graduated to a golf course, but before all this kicked off, I would go to a putt putt course and kick around, and I got a lot of good information out of people in the putt putt yeah, course on the greens. They're fast and they're loose. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I do want to see a a, a businessman like have a meeting on a putt putt golf course. Hey, you're looking at one right now. All right. I love the, I love the short game. <laughs> yeah. Do deals. Um, well, so what, what else do we have here? Well, I mean, Uber and Lyft, they're getting kind of, Oh, I have a caddy. Huh? He comes and holds my, uh, my one putt. Oh, you meant the risk. It, not- it's Uber and, uh, and oh, Lyft. Yeah, sorry. I did. Yeah. You, you sent yeah. me this article. Well, I thought it was Uber and Grubhub. Well, Lyft is also doing bad revenue for these guys. We're leaving our houses. Uh, spending on Uber and Lyft has been down by half. These are two companies that have been disastrous since their IPOs come off. Companies that were viewed as like they were going to change the world five years ago are doing layoffs. And like we're young, like in the American economy, like it's shameful to, to commit layoffs. Lyft's cutting 17% of its workforce. 30% of Uber might be laid off. And like, you know, you guys are laying off employees. Like, I guess you shouldn't have worked so hard to make sure that none of no one who works for you can be called an employee, huh? Hey, do you remember like every, it's, it's, it was always strange to me that um, like Uber and Lyft, whenever you would use the app, there was always the ads that were like, come drive for us. We'll give you fifteen hundred dollars if you come drive or get all these signing bonuses and stuff those uh always threw me off so it's like they were they were just recruiting 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 yeah i think we should do something charitable actually we need to make it and become top-notch a-list celebrities and then we need to bring back in new york city taxi cab medallions is like a fashionable accessory so that will inflate their worth once again. So like all these residents of Queens, they'll suddenly have their million dollar assets back. Yeah. Isn't that, I wonder how much, um, the, I mean, that's another thing. Not only is Uber and Lyft is suffering, I bet cabs in New York, I mean, cab drivers are, they were hurting before this. Uh, those cab medallions used to be worth 
um, millions, millions of and they're you know worth hundreds of thousands now. Yeah, and now they're not worth even close to what they were. And I'm sure, given the circumstances, they're worth even less. Yeah, and like Uber so, lived. But, I am intrigued by these stocks because no matter how this shakes out, like this is the way the man wants us to get around moving forward. The government has no incentive for us to have individual car ownership. So the fleets for both in economic and environmental purpose are probably in the better ambitions of our big government. Yeah. And the people talk about, I don't want the government tracking me and all that stuff. It's like, that's what Lyft and Uber is. Lyft and Uber is, they have the data where they're being dropped off, where the cars are going, how long people are in the cars. Uh, there's just so much of, uh, of that happening and it's just going to get worse. Wow. Taxi cab medallions. Uh, it peaked in 2013 at $1 million. As of 2018, less than $200,000. Wow. Imagine being the one that, uh, one of the guys that bought one at peak and then you just look back now and just be upset at so much of a loss. Hmm. We should buy one. We should, once they're like not worth anything, totally worthwhile. Oh, I got something in my eye. What's You're just eye? watching me freak Leave out on Zoom eyes. right now. Ooh, there's been there's been someone who's been mis and someone has been anonymously buying every medallion he can. At one Queen's auction, he bought him for he bought sixty medallions at a hundred and ten thousand dollars per. Wow, that's not a bad. Maybe I mean, maybe he's onto something. Yeah, because I mean, when you buy a stock, what you're really buying is on the future perception of an asset. So will taxi cabs have a day in New York again? Maybe, maybe there's a small business minded mayor who tries to reinvent the personal business of a car for hire to embolden the citizens. It could happen. Yeah. Probably not, honest, though. I mean, yeah, I don't think it's likely, but if you're the kind of person that is buying up these things, he's definitely got the money to risk it. So it's like, it's probably worth the risk for him. Yeah, and... Um, or her. And there is like, so Uber, there's rumors going around that they might be purchasing Grubhub or merging with Grubhub. Which I think is interesting because, um, I don't know, there's that whole thing of like consolidating. Do you think... Because people, people that drive for Uber probably also drive for, uh, like, deliver Grubhub. I mean, I would assume there's still the people double dip in those companies, right? Yeah, and there are two companies that deserve each other. Like, every small, every restaurant owner I know says that Grubhub has been the first one to put their hands out at during this entire outbreak. We all know that, you know, Uber would cut their robot mother just to increase their valuation. So, I don't know. They're, they're two particularly slimy companies. And Uber, they are making money through this pandemic through their Uber Eats. Right. Um, it, it's interesting because Grubhub, uh, Grubhub shares climbed 39% in New York trading uh, after they were briefly halted. Um, they were like, that's like, New York uh, value the, at, trading in New York. They valued the company at five point six billion. 
which Uber Uber has a market cap uh, or market value, excuse me, of fifty six billion. How do they have a market value of fifty six billion? Um, and they aren't they? They're just burning money, aren't they? They're burning money, but that's the new American economy. Losing a ton of money, you can't lose a, a ton of money without having a ton of money. Uh, that's true. Um, and, and Uber like, was up to. This is like an aggressive move because this merger is not to save Uber. It's to embolden the Uber Eats brand. If they do this, all of a sudden we have 55% of a U.S. food delivery market that is only going to grow as future generations are indoctrinated into corporate culture. Um, well, so what is there? There's Uber Eats, there's Grubhub, there's DoorDash. Uh, there's um, Seamless, which is other, owned. You, and who owns pro- Seam- Seamless and Grubhub are the same, right? Yeah, they're, they're owned by each other. There's DoorDash, which, you know, a lot of people are criticizing how DoorDash has handled their business in, in sake of like, in the face of the pandemic, they could have had a bigger market share. They are the most popular meal delivery service now. I haven't used them, but they have 42% of all U.S. sales. Uh, Together, Uber and Grubhub could account for 55% of the market, according to, yeah, that's crazy. That's really crazy to me. Um, I guess DoorDash was like the first, and I didn't know this, but DoorDash is owned by SoftBank. Oh, okay. One of the good ones. But this is just the continual of like, it's, it's predatory. You have to put up all this money to be in this business and they're taking a cut of it. Like the fees to restaurants are the same as the fees to drivers. And by monopolizing this market, you're going to have to buy in and give them them a cut just to be on the market. Yeah, it's interesting because can you as a company or as a restaurant, you own a small restaurant, can you say, no, we don't want to be on Grubhub and Seamless. We're going to do our own independent delivery. Do you think people do that or do you think that hurts your business? Maybe that works in liberal-minded towns like Madison, Wisconsin or Sedona, Arizona, where I am. For the most part, we're just consumers. We're not thinking of the bottom line. We're thinking of the pad tie that's headed our way. And for this to for this acquisition to go through, how is this different for I'm a restaurant and I want to make it in the business. I have to pay these conglomerates money. Is that any different than paying the mafia for protection? Uh, I don't think it is, honestly. It's, you know... It's the same as if it's just them without saying it, it's them being like, do you want to keep going? If you want to keep, if you want to keep things the way they are, you're just going to have to play ball. Yeah, it, it, it is very shady and you will see the agendas emerge. Like watch companies during this time. Cause with the face of the business world changing, like people are going to glom on for power no one uses a, a crisis to reduce their market cap. So the major players are going to be out there. I thought this was interesting. Uh, Uber, they're trying, to cost, uh, they're trying to cut costs on a lot of things. And they are, um, they're stopping service in, what is it, seven countries. 
Okay, what what are the so, countries? I couldn't find what the countries were, but it says that uh, in the article I read, I think it was in the LA Times, 1% uh, is of the market is represented by those seven countries. So those markets represent 1% of Uber Eats gross bookings and 4% of the business adjusted uh, losses before interest. Yeah, like I'm talking at the, at the beginning of this show. So March 18th, we're in this shit. Uber stock is going for $14.82, two cents. Today, Uber thirty two seventy nine. You know what? You know what the headline was in Forbes yesterday? What's that? Uber lays off thirty five hundred employees over a Zoom call. Oh my God, that's. I mean that has, that has to be happening. People are being fired by Zoom calls left and right now. So so look, that's fourteen percent of their their workforce, and like this company with this track record of their treatment of people has had their shit hit the fan and their value has only gone up in the eyes of our investors. Well, it should be no surprise. It is crooked all over the place. Um, Kelly Loeffler, she's still running for her position in Congress. She does have challenges on both the Democrat and Republican side, but now we get to sit here and witness to history if Kelly Loeffler trying to clear her name. It's, it's interesting you said that because I, I don't know if you want to talk about her first and then talk about uh, Burr. Was it Richard Burr? Did you see that they, uh, did you see what happened to him today? Yeah, he got served a warrant. They took his phone. They took his phone. I mean, honestly, that's the only thing that's going to stop a Republican senator from getting on Grinder. So good, good news for his wife. Don't worry. He can still go and do uh, bathrooms and do the old toe tap under the stall door, I'm sure. That's a very Republican move in my mind. Not during coronavirus. Richard, <laughs> Richard Burr sacrificing his gay sex for everyone. Um, and like this record, this, this is a significant escalation into how he violated the laws. He's being treated like a criminal. And if you look at the numbers, a significant portion of Republican senators committed these frauds. I think it's 5% total. Do you think that, cause here's, this is expanding on what I think could happen for them to, serve a warrant for his phone is a huge escalation. They have to go to the top judges. It has to be voted on nearly unanimously for it to happen. Do you think that they will nab him? And when they nab him, he will cut a deal to, to, to turn over some of these other Republicans that have also done this. Do you think that is a potential uh, um, outcome of this? Cause honestly, uh, it's interesting to think about. I think he's probably the big fish. And like Kelly Loeffler is trying to prove her innocence. She wants to keep her, her spot. I mean, she, it's not like she's not going to go back to her job at, at ICE, where she received $9 million upon exiting, which is pretty cool. Um, so <laughs> they're not coming after Kelly Loeffler because she's married to the head of the New York Stock Exchange, of course. And he has play, he has sway with Wall Street's top officiants. The Securities and Exchange Commission is based in the Southern District of New York. So I imagine there's a relationship there. And I also anticipate that her husband being who he is, that he's able to actually hide his trail a little better. Right. Um, so he's sold off uh, the, the sales. I don't know if you know the numbers or care about the numbers, but it amounted to Burr's sell, sell off amounted to about between 628,000 to $1.72 million uh, in like 33 different trades. Um, 
his uh, brother-in-law sold his stock the same day as uh, as Burr did, and he sold between ninety-seven thousand and two hundred eighty thousand uh, worth of six different stocks. Uh, it's crazy because one of the biggest days he traded was the day that they hit a huge briefing with the, I don't know if it was the CDC or they had some big briefing about coronavirus. And then that day, Burr, uh, he sold a shitload of his stock. Um, and I didn't realize this, but the the Stock Act, which makes it like illegal, what they're getting him for, um, the Stock Act was passed in 2012. So that seems pretty recent to me. Yeah, it was one of the few respectable things Obama did that seemed like something he would get elected upon. And of course, Richard Burr, he's given up his chair as the in the Intelligence Committee. So that's a big deal. And, you know, this isn't just Republicans. It might be 5%, but Dianne Feinstein, she, she's, she's, she's in this too. She's been quizzed by the FBI and, you know, we can't have anything reported on as a bipartisan issue. So every place you see this only reports on one. Meanwhile, everybody's corrupt. Kelly Loeffler's going to get off. She's, go- she's running in Georgia where they jobbed Stacey Abrams last year. So this woman is going to commit what I consider to be an act of treason. Not only will she keep her job, but with her being named to like the coronavirus recovery committee by Trump, she's getting a promotion off the fucking thing. Yeah. It's uh, it's like, it's like Trump. It's so Trump like, because he's, you know, she's going to commit these crimes, these is egregious acts. And then she's going to be so in, entrenched in the government that she won't ever, we won't ever be able to do anything about it. Nothing will ever be done about it. Cause she's about to be, indoctrinated into the they're about she's about to drink blood and be part of the team yeah but you know you can't we can be upset about it but this is the way it's always been imagine what it was like before the stock act was put in and i read something like i think before on the show we've criticized these senators for putting so much energy into trading stock i hear they actually have a lot of downtime when they're on the senate floor so at least that checks out that is a good point, though. I mean, if you think about it, it wasn't passed until 2012. So back, I mean, years and years and decades of people in the government just making a fortune off the stock market using the insider information they had. That's crazy to think about. All right. Well, that's the end of my notes. Do you have any? What, what do you want to walk us through? You got anything for us, baby? Um, well, so I thought this was interesting. So it's kind of, I, I don't know. I, it's food. So food prices, um, I, I wasn't around for this, but in 1974, uh, there was a huge increase uh, in inflation. There's a huge inflation in food. Um, and it recently has inflated um, mo- the most they've inflated since that happened initially, but people aren't too upset about it. In 1974, food inflated to a huge amount because uh, I, not because, but it happened and people were freaking out and it's happening again, but people aren't freaking out as much because everything is inflating. The inflation is going up with everything. Um, I just thought that was interesting because, you know, everyone's eating at home more and it's costing people more to buy food for their homes. The timing on this is just interesting because, you know, I don't know if it's price gouging or if it's just regular market flow, but or everyone is being forced to cook at home more or and the prices are going up. Is it philosophical? Does the government sh- having a willingness to give away the dollar, the introduction of UBI kind of for the first time, does that inherently 
devalue what a dollar's worth? I mean, that's you're truly philosophical. That's like, you know, debating on money. Is money just a piece of paper that, you know, money is, money is only worth the value you give it, right? Yeah, because money is worth less if you work for it. Even from a mental stand, like, standpoint, like, we're comedians... I, I spend my work money like crazy. I buy $6 lattes. I spend it around any cash I, I get from comedy. So careful with it. I make sure I get the most out of it every time. I, it's, I mean, that's, yeah. I, I also think it's, un, it's not, it's not, people talk about working for something feels great. And I agree, but also if you ever been like being so good at something, like the way that famous people get stuff for free, I bet that feels even better than working for it. Uh, I used to get hooked up with Pacers tickets and my cousins uh, would make me feel bad because they're like, you know, they were, they were like, they're super successful and they would go pay to do these things. And in my mind, I'm thinking I got so good at something that someone gave me these for free. To me, that is better than working hard for it. Uh, and you're working hard for it in a different way. But to me, there's nothing better than someone seeing you do something or you being so good at something that someone gives it to you for free. Yeah, getting something for free does feel pretty good, especially when it's like things. Like, I got something pretty cool for free this week. Um, a comedy, more basketball buddy of mine. He's involved in like the behind the scenes of basketball stuff. So he's sending me a pl- pair of Clay Thompson's game shoes. Oh, and, shit. That's great. Yeah, he wears a size 14 and a half. I'll squeeze my size 15s into him. It's the <laughs> only way. I would wear a custom made chi- I would buy a custom made Chinese shoe for a pothead. Like I would never make that purchase myself. <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. I think I think hard work is is overrated. Um that's one of the best is that would you do you think this is one of the best free things you got you've ever gotten? No, nah, I don't think so. I've gotten a lot of cool free stuff. I got a trip to Barbados. I, I get courtside seats to NBA teams on the reg. And, you know, I've, I've been lucky to be good to a lot of people over my life and they've returned the favor. Yeah. I'll let you know once I get them though. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see them. I bet they're, uh, it's interesting. How does it feel to know you have a bigger foot than Clay Thompson? It feels good. Um, and I'm working on my shot. I'm, I'm about, I'm getting to clay levels there. I play for two hours a day. It's ridiculous. Hey, it's great though. Um, it's, I'm, I'm like you, I've been, I've been trying to really improve. I've been working out more. I'm doing yoga more. I, I can't do Pilates. Pilates is like aggressive yoga. I don't, I'm Pilates not was invented in New York city, baby, by a boxing coach. That's the way we stay connected to our town. I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like the yoga. I can do it. I'm getting good. I can do headstands. I can do, uh, I can do some pretty advanced moves and that's good. And I'm riding pretty far on my bike. I rode seven miles the other day. That felt good. So I'm, you know, I'm in there. I'm mixing it up. That's not that far on a bike. Seven miles isn't far on a bike. Fuck you. I used to commute eight miles on a bike each way, baby. You got nothing else going on. You I just be- said I'm improving. I'm going further and further every day. I, I'm, you- it's, you should eat more hamburgers every day. You want to gain weight during this period. Um, okay. I don't want to like blow my heart out. I can't just eat grease and hamburgers. That's, that's peanut not good butter. advice. Have a, have a 16 ounces of peanut butter right before bed every night. Um, no, you're not supposed to eat before bed either. 
You, yeah, but you will. So you'll gain weight. You'll be the. I'm already gaining weight. You haven't seen me in a while. I'm getting huge. I got a huge gut. Uh, we're on Zoom. Well, I'll, we could. Well, let's take our shirts off. Uh, oh no, I haven't worked out yet today. I got to work out after we do this. I'm not ready for that yet. I haven't worked out today, but. Oh yeah, let me stand up. Let you get a good peek. This is a good. This is the excellent. I can't believe I'm telling grad schools I have a finance pod. And like, see, here I am. You can see that my abs are coming back. Oh yeah, they are. Yeah. That, the snakeskin belt really brings out your abs too. Yeah. Also, I like that you have the hair. Did you did you like contour the hair on your stomach to make your abs more defined? No, I, the hair on my upper body grows great. Um, I'm just so glad at this point that this is um, a grant winning finance podcast that I've been using in my grad school applications, and here I am showing off my abs. Well, you know, this is audio only, so they, that that was just for me. They're not gonna uh, nobody's gonna know about your banging bud, but me. Yeah, maybe maybe it'll help the the listeners if you describe it. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it's very muscular. It looks like the body I knew before quarantine, only stronger and uh, tougher. Yeah, but I'm, I'm very, I'm very broad and I'm very cylindrical. I keep myself in good shape, but I'm just a tube. I look like a beluga whale. <laughs> Do you, how are you adjusting to the? You look relatively hydrated. You're not super uh, dry from the uh, Arizona air. I love drinking water. Drinking water is one of the things that brings me joy every day. Absolutely. I love a, I love a tall glass. Let's all yeah. take a sip now together. Pause the podcast. I mean, sip. if we've devolved this to this far, I assume we're not going to like take a hard pivot into discussing financial policy. So are we at that point? Do we share what we have to plug at this juncture? Say our... How long have we been recording? Like 45. Okay. Yeah, I think now's a good time to wrap up. Is there anything you'd like to close on? Well, I had a great time this week on the pod. Matt, you sure you don't have any other stories? Nothing you want to touch on? Well, I mean, I did have... Let me find it. Uh, in the out, I had it in the outline, but I can't find it right now. Um, I did have this... I just thought this was an interesting story. It's in... Shit, shit, shit. There's a drive through strip club. Are you a strip club guy? Um... I've had fun at a strip club one time. I've been intimidating tated a couple times, but you know, not really my thing. Yeah, I don't really get it. I mean, I, I I've gone and I would I wouldn't say I'm a strip club guy, but I'm definitely like if somebody's like, do you want to go? I definitely ended up at pumps uh, a couple times in uh, in my life. I've been to pumps in Brooklyn, so shout the pumps. Hopefully, they're doing okay. But there's a the Lucky Devil Strip Club in Oregon is a uh, is closed. Obviously strip clubs hit hard by coronavirus. You can't bump and grind, you know, you can't, uh, you can't get within six feet. And I know, I know the United States has some of the great strip club cities, Atlanta, Houston. How did Portland become such a strip club town? I have never been to Portland. I don't know, but, um, I don't know. They're very into what they're into, right? They're into like donuts is out there, the coffee, the beer. It's a very hipster spot. What more, what's more hipster than, than like, gentrifying a strip club or yeah, <laughs> yeah gentrifying a strip club that reminds me this the story um there used to be a strip club in detroit these guys would pick you up in an rv they you go through a binder full of women's pictures you'd pick one and they then they'd drive over to her house oh wow that's <laughs> that's wow. living okay. boy yeah and yeah door to that Get in a come. That's got to be the cummiest RV in the world. Door to door service. That's crazy. 
And the award for cummiest RV goes to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I can't wait to go to this year's Cummy Awards. <laughs> I oh, dude! Speaking of Cummy, I did buy a black light flashlight to spot scorpions in the desert. No scorpions yet, but I've seen every cum stain in town. <laughs> wait, why can you spot a scorpion with a, a light? Are they covered in cum? <laughs> they glow in the dark. <laughs> uh, scorpions glow in the dark because they're always covered in jizz. Yeah, that's that's that, hey, that's why they're so angry. People shit talk them. <laughs> that's why they want to sting and pinch. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Drive-through food to go, and uh, you could you know go to this drive-through strip club. Uh, it's a guy. His employees first made headlines uh, in March as a way to open. Uh, the they want to continue. Is- running to me from my fiance right now as if i can protect her oh that means she's in trouble again Yo, you bitch you are soaking wet did she get cummed on by a scorpion did she get cummed on by a scorpion hold on let me interview the dog on the podcast i was gonna tell you how this drive through strip club worked come here come here no so the drive through strip club works this way. You pay $30 to enter. Uh, you can order any food off the menu. Once inside the tent, you're treated to a full show. Um, the dancers all have masks. Um, they do a song or two uh, for each car, and then you leave with your food. So it's basically just, you know, you just get the food, and you watch people dance while they... they uh, and it's, it like, is, it's the renaissance for car activities. Every city's putting on drive-ins that are great. Like it's become such a thing. New York state announced to their citizens that they can have drive-ins. Whoopee. You can get fingered in 1950. And uh, it's, this is a natural extension. If any of our listeners, if you haven't done anything sexual in a car, try it. It's something I particularly enjoy. So Portland might be my town. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, dinner and a show, why not? Yeah, and I, I, I imagine the food's pretty bad, but in a way that make me think like, oh, yeah, this is a real Portland drive through strip club. Exactly. It's kind of authentic. Um, and if you go with somebody, you know, go with your girlfriend or your wife and you can watch them dance and uh, maybe you can get them to grind on you uh, while they're dancing. So it kind of feels like you're there. Yeah, the only way to have fun at a strip club is to go with a woman it's the secret handshake it unlocks the doors and you just feel a lot better right absolutely it feels you can feel better about yourself uh but i you know i like to support uh i support sex workers you know yeah support sex workers i i think a lot of them do have uh things to overcome including like terrible content on twitter all the time like we we support you we're there for you but like it's not that interesting. Put some punchlines right. in there. Right. Maybe get somebody to write. Uh, if, if any strippers out there would like to hire me to punch up their Twitter, I'd be happy to do it. Yeah. Oh, that's a gig right there. We can be like the Mike Jones of, of Twitter. Yeah. Mike Jones got to start as a rapper by making music for, for Twitters. We got to do the, the Mike Jones comedy trajectory. We'll get big just by writing for strippers. Yes, I would love to do that. If there's any strippers out there that would like us to punch up their uh, their stuff, feel free. We to, we, uh, we should write a live act for a stripper. Uh, a lot of prop comedy, a lot of insertion. 
Not insertion. That was the wrong word. Uh, yeah, I just meant. Uh, you, you said that, and I just thought, like, man, my mom listens to this every friggin' week. I didn't mean insertion. I just meant, like, you know, a lot of writing of things, like a broom, like a witch would write a broom, you know, yeah. like that between the legs, but no insertion. You know, and I think you could actually do a sexy and hilarious Quidditch themed stripping routine. Absolutely. Catch the snitch, if you know what I'm saying. I'll catch the snatch. There we go. Uh, <laughs> snitchy snatch, grabby badge. Yeah, find a find a woman, and I'm sure one of them who works there has angel wings tattooed on the outside. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> we have our Harry Potter gimmick. There we go. Um, well, Joel, I think that's as good a place as any to end. Um, I'm glad we really we didn't stop at the shirtlessness. We got into plugs, and then they got a special treat. My dog ran away. We talked about strip clubs and, um, you know, it's hard to be a good man when you talk about strip clubs, but I, I did my best here. If I came off unlikable, I'm sorry. I'm trying to evolve. I think we're fine. I think we did a good job. Uh, what the, you know, they have bills to pay. We weren't disrespectful. We, uh, support them support. Uh, I forget what it's called, but support this, the drive through strip club in Portland. They, those women need it and, uh, they deserve drive it. to Portland right now. <laughs> It's not a bad idea. My sister's going to Oregon, I think, uh, sometime soon. So maybe she'll go and I'll ha- we'll have a report back. You should go with her. She's going with her uh, boyfriend. So I'm going to Nashville tomorrow. Are you going to see Donnie? No, I'm going to, I don't talk to stutterers anymore. Oh, damn. Uh, no, no, I don't know. Uh, no, I didn't know he was in Nashville. No, I'm not going to go see him. I'm just going to go stay the weekend with my friend. We're just going to stay at his uh, apartment the whole time and, catch up and hang out and then i'm gonna come back to indiana so all right cool 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 well that's my plug i am joel walkowski i am joel walkowski on instagram the walkowski on twitter pile it on my nfl podcast we released such a good episode yesterday i had um nick stevens from weei in boston and fitzy from the internet come on and he was great and I did a really fun MMA-themed episode of In Action with Donnie Sengstek, with Diego Lopez and Justin Schlegel. That comes out Monday. We had a lot of fun making it. And, um, oh, I got ripped off this week. There's this guy. He stole NFL fan therapy, ripped it off Cam to make NFL therapy. And I just thought he was just such a friggin' scumbag slimeball who couldn't write for doing that. Is that? Yeah, that's crazy to me. I could not believe that when I saw that on Twitter. Yeah, I love the guys. They work so hard on that idea. And it's just like Bumble's been stealing content from New York comedians left and right. They've been getting called on it, on it constantly. And they've been stealing from the same circle over and over again. Shame on them. That's crazy. Yeah, don't uh, use Bumble. Use Tinder. Tinder, if you're going to use one, use Tinder. Don't use Bumble. I couldn't believe that when I saw that. Because I've, I've been watching those fan therapy videos for a long time. And they're always so good. Um, it's really disappointing. All right. Well, see you guys next week. Bye, everybody.